0: with the Pastor. I'm your host, Nelda Orlando Katie. I hail from Parkway Ministries Church in Rancho Fucamonga. Uh, this afternoon's topic and topic of discussion um, is one that a lot of people really don't think about, and it's about division. Dividing. Things that divide us. Things that uh, cause great uh, Difficulties for the spirit of the Lord to be to enter into this world, and division and dividing and separating and all of that jazz uh, is the number one reason why the spirit of God is, is the number one impediment. Spirit or the image of God being made manifest here in the world. If we could get past some of the petty differences and the nonsensical divisions that we have, that we hold as core values, then we would be in a very, very different world. But, um, since it is very difficult to do so, um, we have what we have, and, um, let's talk about some of the dividing, the divisions, the things that divide us, um, both macro and some micro. The macros are a little bit easier to handle, I think, because they're things that are identifiable, um, and I, I'm just going to talk about it from a biblical standpoint. I'm not going to do too, too much into the secular positions because it just takes us on a tangent and there's no end in sight. Um, But from the biblical standpoint, um, the variegation of differences within the churches is so astronomically um, numerous that it's, it's it's just ridiculous it seems like every week someone's coming up with a new religion and a new way to separate themselves from someone else's view it's like every time someone finds out there's something they disagree with in their original core belief they break away, start a church and begin doing it their way and I, I'm not a big fan of that, um, even though uh, some would argue that the origins of my faith or the way I believe uh, is a byproduct of just that behavior, um, that... The Apostolic Church came about by an offshoot of the Church of God in Christ, and, which was an offshoot of something else. Um, and so you get these groups, these, these origin stories and these splitting hair stories about this and about that. Well, we don't agree with this a little bit, we don't agree with that a little bit becomes monotonous and as individuals become have access to more information the things that divided at one time are viewed in the future generation as extremely nonsense and therefore it belittles the core values and the core faith that spawned the belief that's that's burned away from it in other words the, the mother of that belief becomes less viable and that's a dangerous thing uh but it happens it's the way that it works it's the way things are rationalized and reasoned uh, in this world in man's view because no one really wants to do all of the things that god has required for them to do but we do would like to benefit from the things that God requires us to do. So, um, if we can come up with a way of getting the benefits without doing all the extra stuff, most people will take that. Take that. Take that bit. That heartbeat. Um, which is why we have a lot of different options. But to understand the divisions, you have to first begin with when things were united and. When it comes to a one God concept that happens to be the only God that we believe in now and we understand as God today, that single unity, your Unitarian view was composite in Judaism. Now that's not to say that there weren't variegated means of approach. Of course there are different ideals of how to arrive at a certain point. But the goal was to get to the point and no one wanted to reach a different point. That's what makes things different now. So to speak, everyone, unless let me explain this a little bit. Everyone wants to get to heaven. That wasn't the goal of most Jews in Judaism. Getting to heaven was a giving. Everyone wanted to ensure their place in heaven by doing the right thing, but making God viable on earth. Paramount in Judaism. It's not necessarily that the point in Christianity today. Um, Today, everyone wants to ensure their place in heaven. That's the draw, that's the reward, that's what comes along with the division. And I'll get to that in a little bit. That comes along with the division. So, in the beginning, Everyone was for making the world like heaven under Judah. That's what the prophets preached. They had a kingdom and they wanted their kingdom to flourish just like the kingdom of heaven flourished. Under Solomon things were great and then if it split, they wanted to get back to the days of Solomon and King David when they were in charge. They were they held their own their own destiny in their hands. And ever since, uh, under one king or another, the Jewish people have seen like their destiny and their, their position has been in one person's hands or another, never their own, until they got their own nation, their own kingdom, their own place. And they are able now as the teaching Israel to hold their own destiny in their own hands. And they're holding on to that with every ounce of their belief, every ounce of their strength that they can. And God help them hold on to it. Uh, because they in the coming weeks they're going to need it. Um, but we know God is with them. God's never going to forget them. He's never going to leave them. He's not going to replace them get out of replacement theology as done I don't care who came up with it <laughs> but this that's the unity that's the beginning of it and then from that we have the division that Jesus Christ brought and the division and the dividing that Christ brought was one that was so great that it divided and divided and divided. And that division was viewed and deemed necessary for the purpose of God. So let's look at the division dividing. The divisions in the early church were simply between Jew and Gentile. I actually take that back. Um, Messianic and Orthodox. This is what separated, and the separation prior to the Messianic, or the Messiahs, believers, which were considered the Christians, early Christians, which were all Jews, and the Sadducees, and the Pharisees, and the Essenes, and the Zealots. Um, the, the All of these divisions that existed, or next five divisions that existed at the time of Christ and after his death, um, were all aiming for the same goal. They didn't see themselves as different in the sense that they all went to synagogues. They all prayed. They all initiated and and enjoyed Passover, they all enjoyed all of the feast days, they all Their Jewish identity was never separated between the two. There wasn't some that went to synagogue only on Sunday or Saturday or Tuesday, and others that went to synagogue only on another day, because they wanted to be so variegated, so different. That wasn't the case. That's Christianity. There wasn't um, some that believed that Moses was a prophet and others that believed that Moses was a god that didn't exist in uh, Jesus' There wasn't some that believed that David was uh, a king and a prophet and others that believed that David was the divine Son of God that didn't exist. That's, that came later on with uh, Hellenism. So even though the Jewish people were divided in their approach, they were united in their belief. And that's a very important thing that as well in many different other areas of Christianity, there are lots of divisions in their approach, but there still are uniting, extremely deep things that unite um, people in Christianity in the fact that they worship Jesus Christ. They all do. There aren't any Christians that don't worship Jesus. Right. the very nature of the name christian means to worship of jesus christ so, so the process that we use to get there are by divisions and defined by divisions and we're debated by divisions but the definition that divides isn't so the divisions aren't in the the, the to a point that's not dividing that's just debating debating aren't divisions that's what my point is throughout all that conversation I wanted to show that debate is not division the Jews were not divided in their worship of God they were all monotheists. Period. There's only one God. There is no add on. There is no extra. There is no duality. There is no trinity. It was all one God. Then comes Hellenism, which used to a um, plethora of gods, and they began to add on to extra Dominic entities to the Jewish monotheistic. Concept of God, and to great uh, surprise, many Jews entertained that thought Uh, later. After 500, many of them were forced to convert. Uh, Most of them were forced to convert, and their families ended up being Christians and Christians. Uh, It's just one of those things that occurred after the time. And and it's just the way that it was. History is not cruel. History is not kind um, to Christians on the fact of dealing with Jews. They are not, because Christians were not kind to dealing with Jews. Christians weren't kind to dealing with Christians either. Um, But that comes around the divisions versus the divisions of debate the divisions of the debate, debate in christianity circles uh, came about um, between the divinity of jesus christ who was jesus christ what was jesus christ and how viable was his relationship to god for the general for the first 300 278 maybe even Uh, 310 years, 316 years, maybe even longer than that, maybe 330, maybe 340 years uh, after the death of Christ, Um, most everyone believed that Jesus and God were separate and in some way equal, or really, really close <laughs> really, really close with God being on top okay and that's or they believe that there was one God that did everything the, the majority of time believed, the majority of people during that 300 or 200 year span believe that there was one God that did each thing individually and that he never stopped being God. That as God, he became, he was always a father. As a son, he was always God. And as the Holy Spirit, he was continuously God. But those are just three titles of the same God. And the work, the same work. Just three things, being three, 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 Functions, three operations of the same indi- individual, right? And so that's what's called modalism. And modalism was drafted as the result of trying to understand the relationship between the father and the son. It wasn't until 320, 330, 340 that... The concept and the idea of Trinity took over after Alexander's uh, beatdown of Arius at the Council of Nicaea. And after that, uh, there came another division those that held to modalism and those that held to Trinity. And Trinity won. Trinity held the larger of voices. Alexander was very influential. He was powerful. He was the Pope of the greatest region, Syriac, Egypt, and Alexander, Alexandria. He had access in the longest, uh, uh, oldest area of which Greeks and Jews interacted and it was the calling place of the Septuagint. In other words, even though this intelligent was destroyed in Alexandria at the uh, Great Library, because that's where it was, the idea was that they knew more about anything else than anywhere else. If it was known to be known about how the Jews should approach Christianity, or how Christianity should approach God, it was going to come out of Alexandria. And it wasn't going to come from Antioch, it wasn't going to come from Jerusalem, it was going to come from Alexandria. Because Alexandria was the headquarters of all the intellect that initiated the relationship between Hellenism and Judaism. That was Alexandria. Uh And so Sadducees took note from there and developed and crafted the relationship between the Greeks. Romans and the Egyptians and the Jews, and established antiquity by the relationship of the languages and the scriptures, and that's what they did. And so the division came about between that which was Hellenistic and that which was Jewish. And that was the first division. That occurred earlier before, around the time Jesus was, was existing, and then it developed uh, into Christianity and Judaism. I need to stress this point really quickly, so that people don't get confused on something. Christianity is not Gnosticism light. Christianity. Is Hellenism heavy with a Jewish flair, <laughs> with a Jewish kick. Okay, not to say that Christianity is completely outside of the realm of Judaism, but it used Judaism for its base and it used Judaism for its flavor. And it used the recipe of Judaism, but changed the ingredients. It used the process of Judaism, but changed the in, the, the, the intent, intention of Judaism. It said Judaism is no longer necessary. It's old. It's withered. It's worn. It's been used up. And it doesn't... It's not viable going forward. We need something new and viable. And Hellenism was always viable. It was a part of the nation, the kingdom. So it was a newest thing. It had every element that's necessary in order for you to craft an argument against anyone in the world. And they made it so. So along with those elements, Judaism had no, had nothing to match it in terms of the scale of influence that Hellenism brought to the table. And so since the scale of influence was tipped towards Hellenism, the scale of influence was tipped towards the usage of Hellenism in Judaism, which became Christianity. And so since the division exists between Hellenism and Judaism, the division exists between Judaism and Christianity, okay? That's where the division comes in, between Judaism and Christianity. So, since the division is between Judaism and Christianity, we go a little bit further up into the years after 320, the church is completely dividing itself from Judaism, right? Right? completely cutting itself off from its, from its mother covering itself off and developing and creating its own way just like any child would any daughter would grow up and get her own life marry her own husband have her own children live her own life and that's pretty much what Christianity did It said, I am from my mother, but I am not my mother. And that's what Christianity does to this day. Now, here's the problem with Christianity. Christianity is also in jeopardy of falling into the same boat as Judaism did. And that is, as ideals flow from Christianity into a new generation, people begin to reject certain ideals that were a part of Christian ideals. And that occurred in the Reformation. You see, Christianity under the Catholic Church was handled in this manner or in that manner as the Catholic Church deemed it to be so. The Reformation came about and said, you know what? The teenage daughter or the young daughter of the mother that, or the daughter that left its great mother, we don't want to deal with that mother anymore. We want to start our own family. And so that divided the church after the Reformation. We want to do it this way. We want our own Bibles. We want to know what the Word of God says. We don't want it told to us and then misused in, in ways that we view as impious and being told that that's pious and that's piety but we can't do it. It's unfair. So the fairness created a different division. And then, after the Reformation, we have offshoots. And that Reformation just spurred everyone's views, or I should say legitimized viewpoints that were all a part of a discussion point or a debate that existed in the previous mother, but not the early mother. When I say the early mother, I'm talking about Judaism. And when I say the previous mother, I'm talking about Catholic Christianity, one world Christianity. And then when I talk about the young child or the young mother, I'm talking about the Reformation churches and the ones we are in right now. Um, And even so we're going forward with another split that's about to occur. but for now, we're still in that young mother generation. Okay? And that young mother generation uh, is very rebellious. And they are of their own perspectives, their own view. And so uh, you have this different denominations that were created, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, um, Calvinist, uh, 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 many different, variegated, different views from those views uh, that came about. Jehovah Witnesses, Mennonites, uh, Baptists, uh, Anabaptists, uh, whatever. All of these other views that came about of how to worship God, or how to live your life, or how to bring... God's image down on earth and I'm in, a, in a in a in a in a specific way. All of these ways were validated simply by never being shot down. I have an idea. I proliferate the idea. If people flock to me, my idea is valid. If they don't, then my idea is not. And that the validation. Of the churches. However many people. Flock to my church. That means. My doctrine. And the way I deliver my doctrine. Is justified. In the eyes of God. Otherwise I wouldn't have anybody in my church. You know. And that's the way people believe. That's the way people flock to That's the way people hold their ideals to this has created the variegated differences that we see today. Because out of that thinking and that view, you have more and more people disliking certain aspects of their raised view of church and developing their own. To the point where now you even have babies the baby-baby church is rebelling against their mother, their young mother, and they're creating non-denominational churches. They don't even want to be associated with Christians. We're non-denominational. We're church. We believe in Jesus Christ, but we're not like any of those other ones. We're living. We're giving. We're caring. We're more like a family, but we're not overbearing. We don't want to see, you know, that type of stuff. And while and the, the generation that I'm in, I have a church, and we're kind of along the same lines of that to a certain extent. You're forced that way because you don't see the viability of the old world view as important to keep any longer. Who wants to do a three-day fast for what? What did I get out of it? I did it, I didn't get nothing out of it. So why am I going to force anybody else to do it then I'm a pastor? That type of stuff. Who wants to go to church every day dressed up in a suit and tie? Why? When I'm coming into church, I want to be comfortable. Why don't we all be comfortable? Let's just wear jeans and pants and a t-shirt. Sounds great to us. Let's do it. Boom. That's that's the world we are in now. Casual, comfy. We're interested more in our own views of God, godliness, than we are in God's views of godliness. Definitely. And definitely not interested in a church view of godliness. And no one wants to deal with religion anymore. So, the divisions that we see today are sourced from previous divisions that all lead to fragmented perspective of God. There are so many fragmented ideals of God. We're not debating to a point any longer. We're literally proofing our view as right over anyone else's view. And I prove that by the amount of people I have in the The amount of people I have in my church, the amount of people I have listening to me, in my pews, the amount of butts I have in my seats, prove that my way is right. And I don't know about you, but I read the Bible. I read Isaiah. I read Ezekiel. I read Nehemiah. Everything... In the old testament and in the warnings of the New Testament tell you beware of a large congregations <laughs> and large following the people. The road to hell is filled with a lot of people. But the road to heaven is very, very narrow, and you can very rarely find it. You can barely find it. There are not going to be a lot of people on that road to heaven. There's going to be a whole lot more people that are on a road thinking they're getting to heaven, and they're not. The way that's going to occur is because we have so many divisions. And we really, really need to stop and go back to our grandmother and in some cases our great-grandmother and say how did this go again what was this again because i don't think we got it anymore you know it's 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 very telling how uh older old old people Old people and babies connect very well. Babies are taken care of by older people so much better. Or looked after and, and uh, interact with them. You know, they, they, neither one of them moves fast. And they're not really interested in getting anywhere, anywhere fast. They want to enjoy life where they are and why they are and how they are. You know, they want to take in every, every element of their environment. One, because they want to remember it. Another one, because it's so brand new. It's the same environment. That's how unity is supposed to be working. That we understand both the coming in and the going out, the birth and the death, the rise and the fall, the up and the downs, the highs and the low, all of that is relative in our living with God. So I want to encourage you to no longer be divided against the very aspects of Christianity and of Christ and of God that make us who we are. We're Gentiles by the names and words of the Old Testament and in the New Testament who have found access to God through His Son. Jesus Christ, that we may have access to the almighty God that we did not have before. We have now, and that we appreciate that access, and we thrive in that access. and that we never take it for granted because uh, it's a wonderful precious worthwhile endeavor to get to know God it it doesn't backfire it never backfires on you it only enhances just add God to your life Add worship to God to your life. Add learning about God to your life. And don't go overboard. <laughs> Some people will say, go silly, go hilarious with it. You know, that works in church when you're teaching and preaching under certain certain uh, ministries and in certain uh, views and ideas in certain churches. Um, but remember, you're supposed to listen to the word of God being preached with a fork, and you're not supposed to put everything into your body, some things you just leave it right there. Okay? It's better for you to listen with a critical ear than to accept everything and every wind of idea that comes out of the mouth of a pastor. It is. Not everything is for you that comes out of the mouth of a pastor. But everything that God has for you is good. Now I'm not talking trying to berate pastors or anything like that. Don't get me don't get it twisted. I'm just trying to keep you rooted grounded, well-watered, flowing and growing, and ready to accept the experience of God as He gives it, not as someone else gives it. No one else can give you God. God gives God Himself, okay? You need to, and it helps to understand how, it, how that happens and if you never go look you'll never know <laughs> so uh, I'm going to sign off I endeavor to teach and show and encourage people and you the, the wonderful views and the wonderful vistas wonderful ideals that exist in godliness. Uh, continue to be with us as often as you can if you'd like. And I'll continue to try and grow better in these podcasts as I continue forward. Alright? Uh, you take care and we're out. Have a good day. God bless. Bye.